you. Thank you, Madison. Amen. And uh, you know, the longer I'm your pastor, the more I'm blessed by our young people. And uh, Madison just turned 17 this week. She's going to be a senior next year. I have the most precious picture. Uh, I think it's Madison and Micah. Uh, when, when the Jones had joined our church in 2015, and they were sitting in my chair, Brother Jim, and they just look back, and they're so tiny. They're just such babies in that picture. And, uh, you know, I've said, I uh, was talking to some preachers this week, and we were talking about a, a tender subject, and uh, that is when a, when a pastor candidates. Uh, they're currently a pastor, and they candidate somewhere else, and we were talking about that, and I was just... From my perspective, I'll tell you, I just said, you know, forgive me, I came here to die. <laughs> I don't mean hopefully I die tonight or anything, but just that I remember so many times Carol Ann Hoffman would say to me when we're going on, we're going on vacation, Brother Apple, and I'd be preaching for a friend of mine, and she'd say, Pastor, are you leaving us? And I'd say, yeah, for about 10 days, amen. I'll be back. I'm not candidating anywhere, amen. And uh, I just think about that. And I was thinking about this. Faithfulness is its own reward. In the ministry, faithfulness is its own reward. I, I have pastor friends that are pastoring grandchildren of people that they pastor. That's a blessing right there. That's just an encouragement. So thank you for that good song, Miss Madison. Miss Heidi, thank you for your ministry to us uh, today. Last week, we looked at Psalm 97. If you want it, you're in Psalm 103. If you want to just bump back a couple of uh, chapters there, Psalm 97. And really, we focused in on verse number 10. And uh, it's amazing. Actually, I didn't re really realize it till I got to working on the message this week, but it's almost a companion message to the message I preached this morning on lovest thou me. You know, when Jesus said, do you love me? Well, this in Psalm 97 verse 10 says, ye that love the Lord hate evil. Yeah. Amen. It's a, forgive me, it's a natural reaction, or we could say a supernatural reaction. For those that truly love the Lord, you're going to hate evil. It's a command. And so we looked at those who disregard evil. Some people just say, well, there's no such thing as good and evil. And, and then we looked at, of course, in our day, there are many people outside of the church, but also even inside of the church, which defend evil. They make excuses for evil and just say, well, you know, I mean, it's none of your business. It's, uh, you know, it's, you shouldn't be judgmental about these things. And I just come back to this verse, ye that love the Lord hate evil. That's what it says. And so then we uh, not only disregard evil, there are some, some defend evil, but we thought it was important to define evil, that which is morally reprehensible or sinful or wicked or perverse. And then uh, probably most importantly is to discern evil. You ought to do a quick Bible study, just uh, praise God for all the software now, or you can just plug something in. You can type in the word evil and just look up each verse where evil is mentioned. We went through Proverbs uh, 4, 14, 27, Proverbs 6 uh, talks about, forgive me, that's God's hate list. These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are abomination unto him, a proud look, 
hands that shed innocent blood, uh, uh, sowing discord among brethren, all those things. And so learning to discern evil. Young people, if there's something you can get in this life, if there's something, Lord willing, that I as your pastor could give you, it would be the ability with the Holy Spirit's help to look in this book and filter this world through this book. Discern between what is good and what is evil. And then, obviously, our verse tells us not only those that disregard evil, defend evil, or define evil, discern evil, but we should detest evil. Detest evil. Ye that love the Lord, hate evil. Romans 12, 9, abhor that which is evil, cleave unto that which is good. And then we talked about, of course, over and over in the Scriptures, it tells us to depart from evil. Easiest way to hate evil is depart from it. Don't hang around. Somebody said when temptation comes knocking, don't leave a forwarding address. Amen? When you flee from temptation. And then, by the way, those who choose not to hate evil, those that choose not to depart from evil or detest evil, I'll tell you what happens to them. They get destroyed by evil. And the example in the Bible is Lot. He is the ultimate example of somebody that said, ah, it's no, not really a big deal. Uh, I can handle it. And it destroyed him. How about this in Psalm 103? We'll look at it tonight. Have you ever, have you ever been somewhere or done something or had something happen? Maybe you ate at a restaurant and your experience in any of these questions was just so good, you had to tell somebody. Whether you picked up the phone or the next person you saw that said, uh, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going out to eat. Uh, uh, and you said, hey, let me tell you about this place. Or you had an experience. My wife and I had an experience like this. And uh, for our 25th anniversary, we went to uh, Walt Disney World. Now, please don't shoot, okay? I, I, I know. I know I know how Disney's going, okay? I, I know all that. We're on our 20, 20, 25th anniversary, and uh, we were there, and, and we were at Disney with no kids. Now, that's a wonderful experience, amen? Just sitting down with an ice cream, watching other people's two-year-olds scream and pitch fits. It's, it was the best, and people watching. We didn't ride any rides or do anything else. We just sat there and watched people. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so we're, we're going around, and my wife, uh, we, had, uh, we had gotten some Christmas ornaments uh, years ago at Disney, and our dog knocked over the Christmas tree. And of course, which ornaments were broken? Those, the expensive ones. The cheap ones that we've had for 15 years hung in there. So while we were there... It was uh, in June of 2021, and it was, many of you know, that was the end of COVID. COVID was kind of phasing out. Disney was one of the last people to kind of let loose their grip, and so um, they weren't doing a lot of housekeeping. You know, you stay at a hotel, housekeeping, you know, changes your linens and all that. Again, it was just us. We don't care. We know how to make a bed, you know, kind of a thing. And so they had told us, just, just uh, don't worry, there won't be too much housekeeping. If you need something, call. Well, my wife had gotten re these replacement ornaments that were pretty expensive, but it was fine to say, hey, it's our 25th anniversary, you get them. And um, we put them in the room, and we went out. I think we had dinner or whatever. 
We came back, Brother Hauser, housekeeping had come. And we didn't put those ornaments away in a special spot. And it, they were just in a regular bag, Brother Merklinger, and it, they threw them away. Listen, okay, let, let's all stop. First world problems. Okay, just Christmas ornaments. But still, we, we paid good money for them, and, you know, they were special to my wife and all that. So we got ready to check out, and um, I, I had read this book last year, and it's called Be Our Guest, and it's, it's, uh, uh, it's basically the philosophy that Disney teaches as far as customer service. Uh, it's really, it was an interesting read. I thought about you, Brother Stark, with our greeters, just some of the, the principles they had in there were just great, uh, simple things, and and. But they pride themselves. They actually they teach this to companies doing customer service. They teach this manual. Really interesting. And so uh, the concierge came up to us, the, the person in charge of the hotel. He said, hey, I, you know, I see your 25th anniversary buttons. Happy anniversary. And again, that's a little thing that they do right there. And uh, they said, how was your stay? Oops. And I said, I said, it was great. But let me tell you what, what happened. And I was like, really, Pastor Brown, I was like, well, since you asked, amen. <laughs> and, and the man, he couldn't have been nicer. He just couldn't have been nicer. And you say, well, you paid for that room. That's true, we did. I mean, it, 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 but nice is a blessing, amen. And uh, he, said, he said, well, where'd you get the Christmas ornaments? And my, my wife said, well, it was at the ye old Christmas shop at the Magic Kingdom. And he said, well, if I pulled up the website, he said, could you show me them? And he said, were they customized? He said, they were. And said, okay, just, uh, you know, pull it up. And so sure enough, she pulled it up, showed it to him. He made a note. And we just kind of left it at that. Well, two weeks later at our house, guess what showed up? Two custom Zavodsky Christmas ornaments. Now, I've just told that to our congregation. I've probably told that story to Brother Bryce, probably five, ten people. We're talking about, you know, uh, doing right by your customer and, and things, going the extra mile, you know, kind of a thing. And I tell you what, I, the, I, I think that, by the way, that's why they have such a great return rate. They didn't have to do that. We could have said, we were stupid. We should have put those aside. But they went the extra. And I couldn't wait to tell somebody about that. I, just this week, as a matter of fact, we were driving back from junior camp, and I got a call from a preacher friend of mine. And he was sharing with me. He was sharing with me the story. And I shared with him the story of how we ended up with our property on Easton Road. And it's just, I love telling that story, especially to preachers. Uh, it just encourages them. But this preacher friend of mine said, he said, years ago, brother, he said, God just worked on my heart during a message. He said, I was at a larger church. And he said, there was an evangelist that was there. And God burdened my heart to give him $1,000. He said, but sometimes I know how this, by the way, not every church does things the way we do as far as offering goes. If you dropped $1,000 in the offering plate here, it would go to the, to the missionary or the evangelist. A lot of churches, especially bigger churches, they have a set amount. You know, They're going to give him $400 and the rest will go to take care of the expenses. Again, nothing wrong with that, I'm just saying. But this brother said, so I went to another brother 
And I said, Make, give this to the evangelist. And he did. And he said, he said, I wasn't thinking of it at the time, but later I read that passage I mentioned this morning when Peter said, uh, Lord, what about us? Remember when, when Peter said, we've forsaken all and followed the... And, and Jesus said, there's not anybody that hath forsaken houses or lands or father or mother for my sake that shall not receive a hundredfold in this life and in the next, the life to come. And so he, he just, you know, he did that because the Lord wanted him to do it. But years later, he was in the process of buying a house. And he actually said, you know what, he, was get, he had been very successful in business and, and he was uh, getting out of that, trying to downsize his living in accordance with a smaller church that he was really planting. And uh, he, he said, you know, if you folks don't mind, he came to the church, maybe 25, 30 people, and said, We're, we'll... Uh, We'll live at the church if the church wouldn't mind just maybe uh, uh, helping us with a little bit of a room there and stuff like that. And a man in his church came up to him privately and said, Pastor, you're not moving into the church. He said, pick out a house. I'll write the check. Brother Becker, it was $102,000. A hundredfold from what he had given all those years ago. You know what, Miss Judy? He couldn't wait to tell me that story. He was, listen, this is such a simple message tonight. This verse right here, look at verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. This whole psalm is David just filled to the brim with blessings and just absolutely overflowing with praise. I want to tell you something. In my life, the greatest Christians that I have ever known were people, as soon as you started talking to them, they started praising the Lord Amen. for His goodness in their life. Bless the Lord. Brother Becker, you always say, Brother Jeff, how you doing today? Better than I deserve. You know what? Forgive me. He might as well say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. That's what he's saying right there. Simple message tonight. Praise God. Why? Look at verse 2. It says there in Psalm 103, verse number 2, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And there's a punctuation mark after that. You see that in your King James Bible? You know what it is? It's a colon. You know why? It means there's a continuation of the thought. He's, he's about to explain some of the benefits that we are not to forget. So uh, a simple message tonight. Brother Hendershot would be proud of me. I have a 15-point message tonight. I promise you it won't be long. I know we've got the Lord's table tonight. It's, it's actually really simple. Just let, walk with me through the text. Why should we praise God for all His benefits? What are they? Hey, let's look at them. Look at there in verse number uh, 2. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Verse 3, the first thing we see is, Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Number one, God forgives. You know why you ought to praise God? Because you sinned this week and God would forgive you. See, you know what the Bible says about sin? It says the wages of sin is death. 
Ezekiel uh, 18 verse 4 says, The soul that sinneth, it shall die. You know what we deserve because of our sins? We deserve death. You know what God does? He forgives. He forgives. The moment you and I trust Jesus Christ, He forgives us of all our iniquities. Not just the sins you sinned before you got saved. He died for all your sins 2,000 years ago. I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. The Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. God forgives. Remember when Jesus said, when that, that man was born of four, he was dropped through the ceiling, and he said, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And they, they all looked at him and said, in their hearts, they said, Who's this guy that can forgive sins? And then Jesus said, Well, let me show you something. Just in case you think it's a big deal just to say your sins are forgiven, how about this? Arise and walk, that you may know that the Son of Man hath power to forgive sins. See, that's the reason Jesus came. He died on the cross. He was born of a virgin. He lived a perfect sinless life. He died on the cross. He rose from the dead. Why? So He could forgive us of all our iniquities. Hey, you know what I say to that, Miss Marilyn? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. God forgives. What else does God do? Just, again, walk with me through the text here. Verse 3. Thank God for this. God forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. Not only God forgives, but God heals. God heals. I understand. I listen, right now my wife has cancer. It's not always God's will to heal, but I know this. One day He is going to heal us of all our diseases. There, there's not going to be any cancer in heaven. Amen? There's not going to be coronary disease in heaven. Hallelujah. I hope they have prime rib hanging off the tree of life. With big pieces of fat hanging off it. How many of you cut the fat off your meat? How many of you are right with God? I'm just kidding. Amen. I'm just kidding. We, years ago, it was, it was your nieces, Brother Jim. Blondie and I have always eaten the fat on our steaks, and, and Lisa and Jessica looked at us, and they were like, ooh, you eat the fat? I was like, oh, my goodness, that's the best part. Amen. That's a, oh, I'm glad. Listen, I'm glad he healeth all our diseases. One day, one day, the former things are going to be passed away. You know what you should say to that? We, we think about death and, and we think about losing a person. and all. Even, even us, we can get a little trepidatious about death. As I've said so many times, everybody wants to go to heaven, just not today. Right? I'm ready. I know you're ready, Mr. Merrill. Stop ruining my sermon. <laughs> Miss Judy, would you just put the muzzle on him for a minute? Amen. Listen, we're all ready to go to heaven, but sometimes it's, it's the process that scares us a little bit, doesn't it? But you know what's on the other side? Perfect healing. Perfect healing. Just walking through that door, amen. So, why should we praise God? Because He forgives, because He heals. How about verse 4? Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. Not only God forgives and God heals, but God redeems. You know what redeem means? It means to buy back. It means to buy back. When we sinned, Satan owned us. He owned us. 
That soul is mine, the soul that's in it that shall die. You can hear Satan say, you said so. The wages of sin is death. Hey, they've all sinned. They belong to me. And Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood. Don't ever get away from the blood, church. Beware of the hymnal that diminishes the blood. I'll tell you why. Because the Bible says that we're redeemed through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Ephesians 1.7 tells us. So you know what He did? His, his death on the cross, He bought us back. You know what I say to that, Brother Stark? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. I was sold on the slave market of sin, and Jesus redeemed me. God redeems. God heals God forgives. How about this one in verse number 4? It says, Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. You know what you have here is God crowns us. God, You know, one day, I had a, a pastor who was asking, he said, when do you think the judgment seat of Christ is? The Bible is not dogmatic as to when it is. But if you take the position that our church takes, which is Revelation chapter 4 verse 1 is the rapture of the church. They're called up into heaven. We see, uh, we see uh, there are crowns that we, are, we have crowns on our heads in verse 4. And then in verse 10, the crowns are laid at Jesus' feet. To me, the position I would take would be right after the rapture needs to be the judgment seat of Christ because we will be crowned, we will receive rewards. And then we will, we want, we're not going to walk around and show off. We're going to cast Him at His feet. But you know, this is kind of a different crown. Just imagine you're, you're kneeling, you know, anytime somebody receives a crown, they get down on one knee and they, they put that on them. And, and this one is God's loving kindness and tender mercies in our life. You know, we talked about it this morning. You know how much God loves you? How far can you spread your arms out? Yeah, just, just you, you, you can't even describe how much God loves you. But one day He's going to crown us with that loving kindness and tender mercy. You know, there's going to be a lot of tears in heaven. First of all, there'll be a lot of tears at the great white throne judgment when the lost are judged. But there's going to be tears of joy where we're just so humbled that God would, God would think upon me with His loving kindness and His tender mercy so that's something we could say, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. God crowns, God redeems, God heals, God forgives. Verse 5, thank God for this. Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things. You know what God, God satisfies. God satisfies. In, in essence, I think about this world, and even Christians in this world are always looking for some new thing to satisfy them. And God stands over there in all His love and saying, can I just be enough? Can I just be enough? Psalm 107, 
Verse 9 says, For he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. I'll tell you again, praising Christians understand that God satisfies. For the praising Christian, God's enough. Amen? You need every, every extra little thing that other people have and all that. It's, he's enough. So God satisfies, God crowns, God redeems, God heals, God forgives. The back half of verse 5 there says, So that the youth is renewed like the eagles. What is this? God renews. God renews. Did you ever get good sleep? Some of you, I'm thinking of Miss Kayla right now, and I'm thinking... Hasn't got good sleep since they came on staff here, amen? All those kids. But you know what I mean when you get, I, I've joked before, if you ever have an a anesthesia, anesthesiological uh, procedure where you're just out, you wake up from that anesthesia and you don't know who you are, where you are, if you are, how you are, amen? You get the best sleep ever. You wake up and you just, wow, I feel renewed. It's amazing what, a little little nap will do to you. Get renewed. The Bible says here that God renews. And I like the fact that he says, like the eagles, because I think immediately of another cross-reference in Isaiah 40, verse 31. We all know that verse. We shall mount up with wings as eagles. Amen? He'll renew our spirit. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, 16, that, that though the outward man perisheth, this old flesh is dying every day. The inward man is renewed day by day. You know who does that? God Almighty does that. Renews our spirit. You know, I, I've buried so many here at Loomis. So many precious people. And I, and I, and I miss them all. I think of people like Mr. Kidd, Warren Hicks, Max and June DeCamp, the Holies, Madge Coles. I mean, it could go on, and Herb Cohn, Abe Kraft. But if there's one or two, it's probably one, and, one A and one B. One B being Fred Cassable, and one A being Bill Horsch. And I always thought about Brother Horsch. I was like, that guy is just always Brother Jim. He's just renewed. He'd come in and we'd have a work day. And Brother Bill would be out there cutting hostas, you know, and renewed. Who did that for him? God Almighty did that for him. God renews. God satisfies. God crowns. God redeems. God heals. God forgives. Hey, verse 6. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. You know what? This will encourage you. God judges righteously. God judges righteously. 
You know, there's people that hide behind this and hide behind that, and and people with money have layers that they can uh, hide behind and legal maneuvers and loopholes and all that. I I remember, listen, I'm from Massachusetts, and uh, again, it was before I was born, but there was a situation out in Massachusetts where a sitting United States senator and a woman that was not his wife were in the car together and went off a bridge into the water, and he waited 12 hours to report it. And you know what? He ended up being senator still for 30 more years. But I'm going to tell you one day, ladies and gentlemen, you get a fair trial before God. God judges righteously. You know what you ought to say to that? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. How about this one? Verse number 7. Not only does God judge righteously, God renews, God satisfies, God crowns, God redeems, God heals, God forgives. I love this. He made known His ways to Moses, His acts unto the children of Israel. By the way, that is a great verse in regards to the man of God. He revealed His ways to Moses, but His acts to the children of Israel. Israel. But what I see here is God reveals. God reveals. You know what, ladies and gentlemen? I know there's parts of the Bible that are difficult. Start to get into some of those minor prophets and cross your eyes just reading their names. Amen. <laughs> but there's just there's other parts where you think, where, where does this fit into the divine scheme of, of prophecy? But then there are other parts that just aren't all that hard to understand. When Jesus was on the cross and He said, it is finished. And He gave up the ghost. And it says uh, that Jesus Christ, the just for the unjust. Amen? And He reveals to us. You know, He said that in 2 Peter 1.21. 1.20 says, For the prophecy came not in old time by the, by the will of men, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Why did God do that? Because God wanted to reveal Himself to us. You know, there's really two philosophies regarding Christianity, and they're, they're at odds. Uh, one is just the fact that God wanted to just give us salvation, and the other, which I believe is proper, is that God wanted to reveal Himself to us, and through that we learn that we need salvation. Aren't you glad that God reveals Himself? Yes. He does. And you know what we ought to say to that? Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless the soul. God reveals. Well, that's halfway. That's eight. I like this. Verses 8 through 11. Look at this next one. Verses 8 through 11. It says, The Lord is merciful and gracious. Wow. Slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will He keep His anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is His mercy towards us. Number nine, God is merciful. God is merciful. You know what I say? Shame on that lost scoffer who scoffs at the mercy of God. Because it's there, Brother Jim. He wants to be merciful. He doesn't take any delight in the death of the wicked. 
He doesn't take any delight that their eternal abode is in hell with the devil and his angels. Why? Because he has mercy that is available. And you and I both know mercy is us not getting what we deserve. If there's one thing, there's lots of things to say, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that was within me. If there's one thing you want to bless God for, it's His mercy in your life. Every one of us right now, whether we're saved or lost, I'm not, as, not that naive to think there couldn't be a lost person in this building. Every one of us is living under the mercy of God. You're breathing God's air with the lungs that He created, the brain that He gave you, the body. He gave you all that. He gives us breathable air. Even with Canadian wildfires and all God's people say. <laughs> Still got air we can breathe. He gave that. He's merciful to us. He hath not dealt with us after our sins. Why? Because He's merciful. His, so great is His mercy toward them that fear Him. So God is merciful. And then, of course, if you go back to verse 8, number 10, God forgives, God heals, God redeems, God crowns, God satisfies, God renews, God judges righteously, God reveals, God is merciful, God's gracious. See, grace and mercy are almost two sides of the same coin. Mercy is God not giving us what we deserve. Grace is God giving us that which we don't deserve. Being gracious to us. I'll tell you, in my life, I've experienced the graciousness of so many people. Just this week, just this week, we got a, and, and this has happened countless times. It's about a year ago that my wife found out she had cancer, right around VBS time. And somebody said, just want to let you know we love you. We're praying for you. And by the way, you get plenty of those cards, and a card is enough. Nice to get a card. But it's also nice to get a card with something else in it. And this had a, just a love gift. said, we love you. And I think to myself, Brother Lolly, how gracious of this person. How gracious of this, these precious people that we've known in ministry through different phases of our lives and stuff. Just great. God is so gracious to us. He gives us so many good things. You know, God, we know God will meet our needs, but I want to tell you this, in His grace, He gives us a lot of our wants too. Brother Apple, you know what it makes me say? Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. God is gracious. God is merciful. God reveals. God judges righteously. God renews. God satisfies. God crowns. God redeems. God heals. God forgives. Oh, I love verse 12. And you should too. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath He removed our transgressions from us. What do you see there, Pastor? God removes. God removes. You know, one of the things about sin, young people, listen up. One of the things about sin is you'll always remember it. You'll never forget it. You'll never forget how you betrayed God. You'll never forget when you knew what the right thing to do was and you didn't do it, and sometimes you did the exact opposite. But here's what we know about God. 
The moment that he forgave, the moment we believed and he forgave us, he also removed our transgressions from us. The, the idea here is like, a, like a, 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 a bag, a burden on your shoulders. You know, walking with that burden. And you know what God did the second you believed? Is he took that burden right off your shoulders. I remember, I've told, I know I've told this before, but I remember being in Bible college. I think it was my senior year. And we had a young man who had, he had messed up. He had done something he shouldn't have. At first he denied it, but the Holy Spirit just convicted him about it, Pastor Brent. And he, he came and, and I remember him, you know, I was a student body president at the time, so I kind of had to be there. And he was with Dr. Malone at the time, who was in his upper 80s. And he said, he was weeping, just, just absolutely weeping. He said, no, I did it. I deserve to be kicked out, and uh, I'll pack my bags, and I'll, I'll get going. And Dr. Malone, he wasn't always this way. Sometimes if you did something, Brother Anderson, he said, you did it. You need to go. But there were times where just mercy filled his heart. And I remember him saying, son, you've confessed it. And it's behind the back of God. And that's from Isaiah 38, verse 17. He said, He hath placed our sins behind His back. And I'll just tell you this, God doesn't turn around and look at them. They're gone. He said in Hebrews 8, 12, Their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. One of the greatest things about heaven is going to be when God wipes away all the, the remembrance of sin that we have in our lives. I believe it's Revelation 21.4 when the former things are passed away. It's just my opinion. But I think about how we'll be able to enjoy heaven. Why? Because He's removed our sins and He won't remember them anymore. You know, forgive me, I always think of the song, when I think of these verses, I think of the old account. The old account was large and growing every day, for I was always sinning and never tried to pay. You know what? They're removed. They've already been paid for. Right. You know what that makes me say? Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. God removes. How about this one? Oh, verse 13. I see, I'm thinking of Pastor Brent Miss Kayla right now. The little ones. Think about when Bryson just woke up. Pastor Brent, you had him and Here's what it says. Look at verse 13. What a verse. This is such a blessed verse. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. I'm not sure if Miss Heidi gets a little mad at me. She might. She never says anything. But whenever I see one of your kids crying, it is just my reaction to just grab them. And just hold them. What's the matter? But now, could be he just kicked his mom in the shin for all I know, you know. But I'm, I'm just like, I just have that kind of that natural pastor reaction. Come here, buddy. Have a piece of candy, you know, like that. <laughs> you, you, you know what? You know what? The Bible says God pities. That's not, we, we use that word pity and pitiful in the negative often. Oh, what a pitiful case. What a pitiful person. But it, it doesn't mean that in the Scriptures. It's God showing pity and kindness to us. Aren't you glad for that? God, God has pity upon us. 
you think about when you're at a you're at a stage you're at a station of life and you just you don't know what to do or you don't know what to say or you don't even know how to pray some of you have been there and you just and you know what the bible says in a situation like that those that fear the lord those that truly love the lord god god has pity on them. he pities them listen the lord is very pitiful Gracious, kind, amen. So God pities. How about this? This is interesting because we talked before about how God removes and God, you know, has that divine forgetter. I'll remember their sins no more. But here's something that's interesting in verse number 14 through 16. It says, For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. As for man, his days are grass as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth, for the wind passeth over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. So what do you see here? God remembers. So what do you mean by that? God knows your limitations. He's the one that created us out of the dust. And he remembers. Forgive me, he remembers when you fail. And you tried, and you, you, temptation came, and, and you, you gave in. And you know you shouldn't have. And you feel rotten about it. He remembers that you're not Him. Aren't you glad for that? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is with It's not an excuse to go on and sin. Not at all. It's just a fact to know that God remembers. God knows. God knows. So God remembers. God pities. God removes. God's gracious. God's merciful. God reveals. God judges righteously. God renews. God satisfies. God crowns. God redeems. God heals. God forgives. Two more. Verses 17 through 18. I love the, you have the, the conjunction here, but... So he says, you know, that man is but dust and, and uh, the wind's going to pass over the, the grass of the field and it's gone and, and, and the place shall know it no more. I think that's one, a sad verse in the Bible. I think every one of us wants somebody to remember them. I remember talking to Pastor Tharp and Brother, Brother Jim's sister, Miss Joanne, and they said one of their greatest fears was that their son Eric would be forgotten. Nobody would remember him anymore. Well, here's the conjunction. It says, but the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto children's children to such as keep his covenant to those that remember his commandments to do them. You say, what do you have here? God is generous. He not only blesses us when we do right, when we keep His words, when we keep His covenant, but He blesses our children and our grandchildren. One of the reasons, listen to me, grandpa, grandma, nanny, papa, whatever you're, moo-moo, whatever you are, amen. One of the reasons you ought to live right is because of this generous promise of God. You're not done living for Him because your grandkids are going to be affected by Him. 
I've seen it. I've seen it countless times. I've seen it at the funeral. And they talk about, and when grandma and grandpa have been bold for the Lord, the preacher is bold at the funeral and say, hey, they've been praying for you for 50 years. Live for the Lord. God's generous in His blessings, isn't He? he, he his mercy is everlasting and it goes from children, not only us, to our children, to our children's children. And then lastly, verse 19, the Lord hath prepared His throne in the heavens, and His kingdom ruleth over all. God rules. God rules. You ought to be glad God rules. Because God rules, the sun rises in the east and sets in the west. Because God rules, gravity holds. By Him all things consist. Colossians 1 and 17 tells us. And one day, the Bible says, we're going to rule and reign with Him. What a privilege. God forgives. Amen. God heals. God redeems. God crowns. God satisfies. God renews. God judges righteously. God reveals. God is merciful. God is gracious. God removes. God pities. God remembers. God is generous. God rules. For these benefits and so much more, shouldn't we, His blood-bought children, be bursting forth with blessing? Just can't wait to tell somebody about how wonderful my God is to me. And say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Father, thank you for your benefits. Thank